as machine learning becomes such an important part of society, technology, and the way we move forward as a society, we have to be careful that we don't become machines by continuing to grow ourselves and our events. Today, we talk about how you can make your event better by making yourself better on Tournament Talk. This is the Tournament Talk Podcast, where your hosts, Tyler Childs and Sean Sinclair, are on a mission to help you make sense of the tournament world, save you time and money by helping you make all the right decisions to streamline and maximize your tournament business, team, club, or lifestyle. Let's get down and start winning at everything. Welcome to another episode of Tournament Talk. It is Tyler and Sean here in the Sport Travel Radio Network studios here from London, Ontario. This is a fun topic. You and I are, I don't know if academics is the right word. We're just sponges. We like to just continue yeah. to, to bring in new ideas and new opportunities. So this one's a really fun topic, I think, for both of us. Say hi to everybody first off, Sean. How's everyone doing out there? Hello. <laughs> so, you know, I think this is something we love to just talk about because we do it all the time. We bounce ideas off each other. Uh, we share different, you know, ideas or concepts from new segments that maybe we're focusing on or, or other industries that can help us be better in, in, inside of ours. Um, and I think it's one that a lot of people miss on. Mm -hmm, I think, yeah. you know, we all get a post-secondary degree or some sort of degree that is the last one we're ever going to do. And some people, that's the last book they read. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and you don't have to read a book to to continue your education. And no, no. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. But, you know, I think one of the things about our industry is that it is kind of outside traditional business models, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? It's You don't necessarily need an MBA to be successful in our space. No, not at all. No. Right? Uh, you can run your business in any way you want. You can treat your customer the way that you want to treat them because that's your branding. Like there's no right way, one way to grow your business within our space. And that's what I love. It's, it's constantly evolving. There's constantly new ways and better ways to do things, but the best way to stay ahead of that is education. So let's, let's start with what your favorite form of education is. Where do you pick up new information? How do you continue to grow your mind? Yeah. I would say the biggest thing these days is first step would be like a podcast. Right, I listen to a, a ton of podcasts now because I have a longer commute than I really ever have in my career. Um, so you know, the radio and the same songs get you know kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, so that's how it kind of started, and then it kind of spawns from there, right? So you listen to something, and oh, here's a cool idea, or you know, oh, this is how people are, you know, advertising on Twitter. Right? Oh, that's cool. Now I'm gonna go research that a little bit more, and maybe there's a you know specific course or you know a YouTube video that you know goes into more detail on that topic that someone touched on in that interview or whatever it is, right? But you know podcasts and you know lots of different variety uh, of podcasts um, that fit in a ton of different niches, and there's lots of specialties out there, and where you can go real deep or you can keep it broad, um, but. That has been the number one, you know, initial source of information for me these days. Yeah, yeah and and I'm I'm with you on that. I I'm a big audio guy myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I I do the Audible thing. I like to pick up a lot of audiobooks. Uh, Audible once a month. Like I'm not a huge reader, but uh, it's it's a one that I know I can get through a book a month minimum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's for me that's a really great way. But I'm with you on the podcast. I listen yeah. to all of ours and some additional ones. If you haven't seen some of our other podcasts, make sure you check out from the back tees is a golf podcast. Dingers. Uh, fantasy baseball and of course sports sports which is focused more on 
what's happening in and around the sporting world and especially focused on the gambling aspects uh, around sports that are becoming Be careful with your betting out there, but uh, they're, yeah. they're great. Yeah. yeah. Know your limit, play within it. Right. <laughs> so that's definitely, uh, you know, the plug for this episode, but you know, ultimately, you know, listening is a great way to do it because there's a lot of dead time in our days. It doesn't matter who you mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Right. Um, people just need that little extra thought to, you know, kind of keep them moving in between some dead periods, whether it's at work or on your way to work or home from work or at the gym. There's a lot of ways you can absorb info. And I know music is sometimes people's escape, you know, and that's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I always listen to some music while I'm doing work. I constantly have my headphones on, just kind of drowns out what's around me. But when I'm working out or when I'm driving, I want information. Like I, I want that that second thought to keep me engaged and and learning. So I'm with you. Like, I think that's my favorite way to do it. Some people like to read a book and, you know, kind of find their quiet space, whether it's in a coffee shop or by a window or in their bed or whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, but that's one thing that I see a lot of in society in general um, is, is there's two types of people these days. There's the ones that want to continue to grow and build, and they're the ones absorbing all this content. And there's others that just want to turn their brain off. Yeah, absolutely. And to each yeah, their own, yeah. right? Like, I mean, we're not we're not sitting here saying you need to be learning all the time because it's not for everybody. They don't. Not everybody wants the same things in their life. And um, but if you want to grow your business, you need to grow yourself for sure, for sure. And I think it's a you know I don't want to I don't know if I want to say trap, but something you get into you get into a job and now you just kind of start working through the the tasks of that job, right? And that's great. And those are the things that you have to do to you know keep your job and that type of thing. But you know, understanding that to advance and to be a better person or grow your company or your own career, right? I mean, you might be trying to look into get into a different industry altogether. Um, you have to do those outside learning and not just get uh, you know bogged down with the daily tasks of your job or your life, right? It's very easy to go to work and come home like I'm pretty busy, right? I come home, got some kids to feed, get them to bed, read stories, bath time. Like sometimes my day isn't even over until nine thirty, right? Not very easy to now pick up a book or throw on you know a you know online course and get going. Um, so I have to, you have to balance that out with what works for your schedule and your learning style as well. Absolutely. That's right? the most important thing. Uh, I think you and I both are more auditory learners than than anything else. For sure. For I sure. can certainly pick up a video, but a video, sometimes I, I do shut my brain off. So yeah. for me, that's a differentiating factor that I've learned over time. And other people can't listen to anything. They have to read it and absorb yeah, it that yeah, way. And there's lots of information out there about why reading and or writing are better for memory. Uh, but ultimately it just depends what you're trying to do. Like for me, I'm into audiobooks right now called uh the business of platforms, right? I'm chillpreneur mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. range. Yep. All three of those things are focused on three different skill sets uh that I'm intrigued by and that I want to engage myself into. So, you know, that's that's a way that you can handle. Others might want to learn how to lead. They might need help with public speaking. There's a hundred different ways and different methods that you can do to to learn, but also the topics that you're learning. So, you know, it's, it's deliberate practice is a real thing that you talk about when it's trying to be elite, you need 10,000 hours of whatever it is that you're trying to be elite at. So if you want to be an elite tournament director, you need to put 10,000 hours into running that business in theory. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you have to sit at a computer for 10,000 hours. No, no. You have to be engaged. You have to go through problem solving. You have to try all these things. And sometimes that means you have to read 
or educate yourself to solve some of those problems. So it's all wrapped into that. And that's how you get to that point. So reading audiobooks, that's the first and foremost. The second part that I always say when it comes to tech or process driven functionalities, that's where YouTube kicks in for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, the term I use uh, is a PhD in YouTube. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I think it's a great way to to learn. You can pretty much teach yourself anything, whether you're a plumber or electrician. By default, you want to get into it. You can learn all that stuff on YouTube. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Be careful when you're dealing with like electricity, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like they'll tell you those things like turn this off, make sure you're doing this. And, mm-hmm. you know, not all of it's rocket science, but sometimes it's just good for somebody to guide you through things um, and how to fix certain things in, in or around your house. Same thing for your business, right? You can take it and you can say, okay, here's how I use an Excel sheet better. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Like here's how I market. Here's how I communicate better. All that stuff is out there. And, and get in there. So it's the same. I always talk about it. The PhD in YouTube, d- the best doctors in the world don't just finish med school and they stop they learning. Got it all now. Yeah. They, they're at least in Canada. And I know the expectation in the U.S. is the same. But in Canada, they're actually mandated to have continuing education. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're required yeah. to continue learning and growing. And as an event owner, you should be doing the same thing. Yeah, I think. You, and you want to look at, you know, what type of team you have and where you can start to close some gaps, right? So for you know solo team, you're starting out and you want to you know bump this up. Sure, one avenue is to hire someone you know to do you know this uh, job, but reality is that's probably not in the cards in the early stages, right? You probably don't have the money to hire someone or anything like that. So you know how can I you know write better emails to sponsors, right? Well, I'm sure there's a course you can take on how to write better emails. Uh, I know there are courses out there. You know, how can I become better, like you said, at public speaking and make, you know, announcements at the tournaments and be a more confident person when I'm at the the events, right? Is it social media? We've talked about this a number of times is, you know, how do I actually put together a Facebook ad or a Twitter ad or anything? Lots of different examples and tutorials and all this type of thing so that now you can start to close some gaps, right? And not just be like, oh, I'm just really not good at making ads, so I have to do something else. Well, take some time, learn it. And then once you get far enough down the road, hopefully we're growing and, you know, generating some more revenue. And if it's still really not your thing, well, now you can start to bring in someone else, but you understand it more, right? And so if you're hiring, for example, someone's not just blowing smoke and saying, oh, this is what I do and this is how I've done it. You're like, well, that doesn't make sense, blah, 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 right? Yeah. Well, and sometimes too, like expanding your team's education can also help you, mm-hmm. right? Because then they'll start to teach you. I know I have a colleague of mine, we were talking about her coaching. Um, she has someone that helps co- business coach her. She provides business coaching as well. And she was talking about, you know, wanting to kind of expand the realm of coaching that she was you know, receiving. And I said, listen, like, you know, as, as your business grows, you're going to have colleagues within your business that are going to be able to help you. We do it every single day internally. We talked about it off the onset. Uh, you and I share stuff all the time. Other members of our team share stuff all the time. And that's how you get better, right? Like, you know, yeah. at some point, w- you know, we have experts all over our, our business. And that's what I said to the colleague. You have the same thing on your side. Take advantage of that. You don't always have to outsource knowledge. Um, and, and in order to do that, you have to educate yourself. So, Get in there, get after it. So we talked about two major channels. So I think within the YouTube conversation, let's loop in um, courses as well. Mm-hmm. Right? There's yeah, lots yeah. of really good courses that 
you know, I think are just a little more specific, have a desired outcome when you're buying these courses. I think that video learning experience is still a really important way to continue to educate yourself. I think you should be doing minimum one a year. I think one a month is a great angle uh, of ways to try to better yourself. And there should be a trade-off um, between what you can learn organically and free and connecting and then also what you want to be spoon-fed because the stuff that's being spoon-fed is based off of industry trends. Yes. Right? Yes. These people that are running these businesses aren't aren't selling these courses because there's nobody buying them. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a, there's a reason they're selling these courses because they've done the research, they've built the model, they've talked to consumers, they know what they're doing. So take advantage of some of that direction that they're giving you and ultimately allow you to kind of get through some of that stuff. So um, those are the big things. Let's talk about our industry specifically now. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about some of the grassroots opportunities to continue your education. Inside of our business, there's a lot of industry events that people sometimes take advantage of and then in other cases don't fully grasp what they're after so let's talk about some of the networking events so we're talking sports eta formerly nasc which was the national association of sports commissions um you know you have connect sports you've got the teams conference which was the big dog for a long time um and you have a handful of other ones the u.s sport congress is one csta is the canadian sport tourism alliance uh you have a lot of these these opportunities out there and you have to understand which one's best for you or which ones you need to be attending throughout the year. Those are industry driven by either media conglomerates or some sort of industry oversight committee like sports ETA, which is again, driven by destinations, right? So this is their platform to say, we want to get better as groups, but we also want to help attract new business to our markets. So we're willing to kind of lead the charge in this argument. To, to do that. They do a pretty good job of educating the destinations and how these new people in a lot of cases at destination level can help grow the business. Maybe they miss a little bit on the event side. Depends on your perspective. It really does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. And where you're at, I think where that event director is at in their journey too. Correct. Right? Absolutely. So. And, I, and I think this, this point right here is one that I think all event education companies miss on is that the the information they're giving is like how to do sponsorship with Coca-Cola. The number of events that can get Coca-Cola a sponsor <laughs> is minimal, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it applies to like half of, less than half of a percent of the people that attend these shows. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's just not relevant education. One of my favorite ways to to grow, and I think this is one that if there is anybody from these associations listening, get somebody from outside of your industry. Bring mm -hmm. somebody in that brings... This is a business model that works over here. Have you ever considered it in your space? That is outside of the box thinking that our industry misses. And so pushing yourself to get into these events so that you can get the education that is out there. How do I have a more secure event? How do I protect my user's data? How do I work with a destination? How do I secure more funding? These are all topics that are covered at these shows. And if you're not attending them, then you're missing out on the opportunity to not only learn and engage with the other side of the conversation, destinations, venues, uh, hotels even to some extent, but you're also not networking. You're not growing and partnering with yeah. other organizations. You're not finding new destinations to bring your event. And so it starts with education always. It's the core of it all, right? Like the some of the bigger ones focus on 
networking, get in front of more destinations so you can do more business. Well, if you're not educated to support that growth, what good is that? Yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna help. It's, yeah, and I think yeah, you have to be self aware of where you're at in terms of your events and and that type of thing. So you coming back to your you know sponsoring from you know Coca Cola point there, that may be a draw to get more people in because everyone wants the big money for sure. But knowing that oh, I run three events and I'm looking to add two to three this over the next two years, well, no, you're not gonna get Coca Cola. So understand that. What you're trying to get from, say, that specific talk should be scaled down, right? Right, but this this is one of the big gaps, though, right? Is that like, I, what is what does Coca Cola want? They want brand awareness. Yeah, yeah. They don't they don't need you to know what Coke is. No, everyone no, knows no. what it is. Yeah, right. Like yeah. it's it's such a prominent brand. Like they only care about brand awareness. Of course, yeah, yeah. And so, as an event organizer, like you do not have enough volume to attract Coca Cola. No, you, no. You can not hope at and all. pray, and eventually maybe sniff a little bit of what Coca-Cola could possibly bring to you. The reality is that's never going to happen. No. So you need to be focused on activation opportunities at the scale that is appropriate to your organization. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what I was getting at is like, maybe there's a a new company in your city or your region who is now new. Um, You know, I think a great example would be like a newer franchise who maybe already has like the national brand awareness, but now in our hometown, London, Ontario, this franchise just opened, they may be a little bit more willing to be okay with just a brand awareness deal, right? And then, you know, I'm going to pay you a little bit to be part of your two or three events in the London and surrounding area. Um, So I can take similar theories and concepts from that Coca-Cola talk, scale it down, make it more appropriate for me, and not try and chase those big fish that I'm never going to get at this size. Totally agree. And and it's one of those ones that you know, I think the lack of education leads people to believe that they can chase down national sponsors. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and and that's one of the things that I think most of these associations miss on from, from that education to the event owner. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, it's really different when you're a destination and you're trying to attract a sponsor for something coming to your market because it's your market. Right. You understand that business. Right. So if you look at somewhere, Bentonville, Arkansas, right, that's Walmart home base. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So obviously Walmart's going to be a big part of that community. Right. So with that being said, uh, you know, there's, there's definitely advantages to how that plays out. Uh, likewise, if you're in Boise, you're not going to be able to get a uh, Walmart to yeah. have that same impact in that community. Right. So those are the gaps that, you know, seem simple. Right. But at the same time, everybody, every event owner is like, well, I have all these people, like somebody wants their attention. Right. Wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wrong. They, they have their attention. They don't care. Yeah. Right? They yeah. don't. And it sounds cold, but it's the biggest gap. And these are the things that you only recognize if you educate yourself, right? Yes. Because if you spend five minutes on the internet saying, how do I get more sponsorship? Get in front of them, be creative, activate them. Cool. Yeah, yeah. These are all great things. And you need to do all of these things, regardless of the scale you're talking about. However, people walk into those, those opportunities. They go, okay, how do I contact Walmart for sponsorship? Yeah. Submit my deck. Yes, I'm gonna this is gonna be great. Yeah. Crickets. Where's the phone call? Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I always use the, the line, I forget what it's from, but it's like click, click, deleted. Right. <laughs> and that's kind of the mentality that those organizations yeah. are gonna have. Like they're just they're not gonna put it into it because they go, okay, impressions, a thousand, no thanks. Yeah. Impressions four four million. Okay. Moves yeah, our yeah. needle. 
hundred million. That's what those kind of organizations are after. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to get on a NASCAR car. Correct. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> how do they get that that level of exposure? Um that said, take down the scale. Find a business that's appropriate for the exposure you're looking for. And the days of banner ads are gone. Mm-hmm. Stop yeah, offering yeah. them yeah. clicks or things that go into programs. Like how do they get from their business to your consumer? Mm-hmm. And how do you not piss your consumer off by exposing them to that business? Yeah, yeah. That's an activation. Mm -hmm. And that's what businesses will pay for. And that's what consumers will be okay being advertised to. Right? Like I look at Facebook and everyone's like, oh, Facebook, evil, blah, blah, blah. I love Facebook. Of course. And the the biggest reason is they tell me what I want to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 100% okay (laughs) with that. I do not want crazy ads about like something that my wife might buy, right? Or something that somebody else might buy somewhere else. I want what I might buy mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. okay being what advertised. I read and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's the industry trend, right? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to sponsorship, same thing, right? Your consumer only wants to buy certain things. So whether it's a soccer ball or it's a baseball bat or it's a volleyball, whatever, it doesn't matter. That's what they want to be. So you need to find those niches and those products. And you have to understand that the big box opportunities might not love that. Yes. Yeah. So beyond that, like as somebody that's that's dabbled in a couple of these trade shows, like what was your first impression and what would you say, like if you're an event owner heading to one of those shows, like what should the expectation be? I think you you want to have a clear idea of how you want to grow, right? And those, I would say there's two different ways. Obviously, there's the education, right? And look at the session, the breakout sessions, you know, who's giving them, what are the topics, and does that apply to me, right? Like really think about if you're going to get a Coca-Cola sponsorship, right? right? Is it, uh, you know, if it's a marketing thing, maybe that's your thing and, you know, you do that very well and I, you know, put together great Facebook ads and that type of thing. Maybe that's not as relevant, but I want to learn about, you know, you know, tourism trends, right? And that's, I really don't understand that. I kind of work in my home base, but I'm trying to expand to different markets, you know, I want to make sure I'm on top of these tourism trends. So I'm going to attend that one. So really looking at, you know, what are the topics and what is most relevant to me? um, That's going to be the biggest one. And then looking on the other side where you are doing that networking, how do you want to grow and what's, what's your roadmap, right? Because you're going to get conversations from, you know, tons of different markets and all these destinations. And they're trying to hype up their area too. But is that the best fit for you? Right. And they can have the greatest decks and they're like, oh, we have these views by the beach and it's a great venue. And you're like, oh, that's really cool. Like, it looks awesome. Look at these photos. Oh, but there's actually no teams in the area to support that. Absolutely. And, well, and right. you know, one of the things that I think a lot of organizations do really poorly um, is, is they don't know how to value their product. Right. Mm-hmm. So what assets do you actually have to sell? Yeah. And, and who's going to be interested in those assets and, and at what value? Yeah. Right. So one of our, our friends of the family, uh, Brent Barude runs a company called The Partnership Group. So uh, his his business is built around helping people value their assets and maximize what they can do with that. And, you know, it's a great model uh, that a lot of people miss on, right? Because they just say, what we've talked about, I have this business. There are people. Someone yeah, give me money, yeah. <laughs> right? Like it's very like caveman mentality, yeah, yeah. right? So taking that concept to the next level and really expanding on it is a really next step. And, and again, we keep coming back to it is how are you educating yourself to answer those questions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you don't know the industry, 
then you can't know your business. Yeah, yeah. And so that's my expectation when I go to a show is what am I learning? How am I getting better? How is our company growing as a result of that? And that could be with colleagues sharing industry knowledge, high tides rise all boats or whatever they say. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's one of those things that, that I look forward to is, is connecting with people. What's happening on your side of the business? How is that growing and changing? Anything we should look out for? Those are the questions I'm asking. And then the education sessions, I attend the ones that I think are beneficial. There's some that are redundant and that are for sure over and over again that are for entry level people in the community. But um, the expectation you should have going in is how am I getting better? Yeah. Absolutely. At all times. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. times. So that said, w- the other shows that, that are outside of that niche in terms of taking yourself to a destination, coaching shows. We talked about that in our last episode about lead generation. Mm-hmm. Get out there and and really find a way to connect with your customer base. That's a way to get better. Same way I just said, you know, connect with the people on the other side of the coin. Coaches are your other side of the coin. So get out there, learn what they're seeing, what's happening in them, what are their pain points, and how do you solve those solutions? Um, that's yeah, I think you're going to start to see trends too, if you're at a specific coaching conference. So, you know, let's talk baseball and, you know, there's new technology or new approaches to, you know, swings or something. Right. And there's all these, you know, discussions about it and topics. And now you're like, Oh, that's really cool. Maybe that's a sponsor. I want to go off someone who's emerging in that, you know, that space or that they have a piece of technology that some of these coaches are really after, or they've you know talked about it. Well, now let's approach that sponsor and then that gets everyone hyped up. Right? Well, entry level uses of a product, right? So you look at like app downloads, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So if you're if you're an analytics organization within any given sport, like those are the perfect partnership opportunities is how do you get app activations? So, you know, it's a scenario where the app companies are going to want an ROI based on number of downloads. And your job is to make sure that you're protecting your business by not allowing them to roll in for free. Yeah. yeah. Have no app downloads. (laughs) But at the end of the day, what those should lead to is your consumer walking away with a take home. Mm -hmm. Whether they download the app or not, like these analytical platforms should be delivering some sort of, you know, report or indication of how they can do better or are succeeding. Right. So one of the older models that has been around forever is the, pay X amount of dollars, get a whole bunch of photos of your kid. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like that's one that's been a vendor for a very long time, but now it's like, okay, my kid's bat speed, right. Is that something I can track accurately? Um, And there's products out there that help with that sort of thing. Like those are the kind of partnership and activations that we're moving towards. And if you don't understand them, you probably shouldn't be partnering with those companies. So again, back to that, educate yourself on the opportunity. And from the sponsor's perspective, if you roll in and go, tell me about your product. They go, Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I'm engaged. Let's talk and chat. And then you follow that with, okay, how much can you give me? Yeah. <laughs> That's just, a dead conversation. Yeah. yeah you yeah, just learned yeah. about my product five minutes ago and now yeah, you want yeah. me to give you money. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, take a hike. Like I want somebody, especially successful companies like that have been around or are growing serious clout. Like they're only going to do deals with people that are a good fit. So if you, yeah. if you don't yeah. know their product, how do they expect you to be a good fit? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So those are the things that you have to have to stay on top of. Absolutely. So don't miss on that stuff. Is there anything in the, the show space that, that you think we're missing so far that you want to end that kind of component on? I mean, I, I think, you know, everyone's going to get a list too of who's attending, 
right? And we talked about that before about networking with other events and kind of building, you know, whether it's unofficial partnerships or networking groups, you know, that type of thing where you can learn from each other. Maybe there is one that's crushing it in an area that you want to close a gap in, right? And the great thing about, I think, some of these bigger conferences is that you get events from across the country absolutely, or across, you know, uh, the continent, North yeah. America, right? Um, so, you know, I can now talk with a, you know, a event producer in Florida when I'm in, you know, Washington, we're not going to really be competing for any teams, right? If we're the biggest and best in the industry, sure. But if you're just a, a mid-size event producer, you know, maybe find that one and they are crushing it in one area and you're like, hey man, like we're going to see each other at this uh, dinner after. You're going to go, okay, cool. Love to pick your brain about this. You know, people always want to talk about things that they know well, probably once they know you're not a direct competitor, Correct. right? You're like, Hey, I run this event in Florida. And they're like, okay, cool. Like you're different. Or it could be different sports as well too, right? Absolutely. And the fastest way to build any partnership is trust, Yeah. right? You have yeah. to start somewhere and, and you have to, like I said, if you don't know their product, you can't build trust because mm-hmm. right? mm-hmm. you don't know them, right? Yeah. And so there, you can get to know the person, you can get to know the product. But the reality is if you're going to build a sustainable partnership, you have to know both. And I think that's one thing that a lot of event organizers don't do as well. And and rightfully so. They're focused on a lot of other elements. They have a lot of moving parts. We're talking above and beyond opportunities here. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. these are things that separate you from being entry-level event owner to industry expert. And it's not easy, right? And if you think you can just punch up those Facebook ads and it's all going to happen, great. It's wrong. Right. This is a lot of work. This is a sweat equity business. We talk about that all the time. Our tournament partners that we work with and many others in the industry are among the hardest working people you ever meet. And they're up at two in the morning. They're up at 6 a.m. They're grinding it like you don't believe. And that means they have less time to educate themselves. But that's why if you're able to do that as an event director, you're going to be that much further ahead of everybody else. So get out there, get engaged, get that Ph.D. in YouTube. (laughs) And really separate yourself. But tell us how you're educating yourself. We want to know what it is. I, I personally want to know how I can get better. So if you've got good stuff out there, if anyone's building courses, tell me about it. I want to be a part of it. Um, I want to listen and learn from you guys as well. So uh, don't be afraid to send it over. Hit us up on the internet at Sport-Sean. You can get Sean, myself at Attorney Boss, or the company at Sport-Travel. Um, those are the big things. So I want to kind of loop it all together here with one really, really big point. And this for me is the takeaway from this episode. Listen up, people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the thing that people get backwards is that they need money to do things. And that's wrong. You need knowledge to do things. You need people's attention to do things. Those are the two most important takeaways. Knowledge and attention. If you own those two things, you're going to own your industry. So run with that thought. Try to find the way to get your knowledge out to gain attention. And if you do that, you're going to be a very successful event owner. Wow. That was good. That was good. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love that. That's one of my favorite things to talk about. And and I think it's a great spot to wrap up uh, today's episode. And, you know, once you've got through that education piece and you're starting to grab people's attention, make sure you listen to our last episode, episode 28 where we talk about how to generate additional leads. So some really good stuff in these these couple episodes here. Um, we really appreciate all the new ears out there. We've seen the numbers really growing. Thank you to everybody that's been sharing it. Please continue to share. Go over, 
wherever you listen to your podcast, rate and review. And, and please tell other people about it. We really want to grow this community and support everything that's happening within sport tourism. So thank you for all of our, our listeners. And until next time, it's been an episode of Tournament Talk with Sean and Tyler.